0: Can you guys hear me? There we go. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? You look great today. Anybody glad to be in church? Come on. I love it. As, as he said, my name is uh, Nate Clark, and uh, me and my wife, Anna, are from Richmond, Virginia, just down the street a few hours, and uh, we're going to be planting a new church in 2019 there in the city called Oasis Church with a vision to help people see Jesus more clearly. And uh, we... We've seen the city grow, and as the city has grown, we've seen the need grow, and so we just uh, have a heart to be part of the solution, and we believe that Jesus can change everything. Anybody believe that this morning? And uh, and so we're super excited for that. Me and my wife have been married for coming up on five years, so we're experts in marriage. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I know. She said, long way to go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I've got two of uh, the guys on our team uh, here with me this morning, Ben and Matt down here. And so uh, super excited to have these guys with me. These guys uh, guys are amazing. They got the call of God on their life and um, just extremely talented and gifted. And they love people and they love love the church. And so we're excited to be here and uh, super honored to be here with you. Uh, I met your pastor, Pastor Chris. Uh, probably three or four years ago, we're, we're in the same district of churches. And so we have district events throughout the year. And so we we had met occasionally throughout these district events. And uh, so for the last several years, I've kind of been following your church from afar and online and through Pastor Chris. And uh, I love his heart for the church and for you and for Hedgesville and, uh, and for the kingdom of God. Uh, j- just a few months ago, when we announced that we were gonna be planting uh, I was I was at a meeting in Washington D.C. with your pastor, and I told your pastor that we were going to plant. And uh, typically, what people you know hear when or say when they hear something like that is like, "Oh, so what?" And they start to get details. And they kind of as soon as I told your pastor, your pastor's eyes light up, and he says, "We we want to help you. We want to help you. We want to be a part." And uh, and so that that just. That showed me so much about your pastor and his heart. And so I want you to know your pastor loves you and loves this community and loves this church. But he also loves the kingdom and wants to see the kingdom win. And I'm so thankful for that. And the Bible says that. Come on, you can put your hands together for that. It says in the scripture that God gives pastors and leaders as gifts to churches. And you need to know God likes y'all a lot. He gave y'all a good gift in your pastor and your leader. And so some homework that I'm going to give you straight off the bat this morning is uh, while he's gone, he's gone for, what is it, 10 days, two weeks, something like that. So he's, he's in route there, I think, even now. And so he's going to be gone for, for the next period of time real quick. And while he's gone, I, I, I want to give you some homework. Uh, when you get home even today, I want you to pull up your computer. And I want you to email your pastor. I want you to tell him how thankful you are for him. Tell him the impact that this church has made in your life. And just just encourage him and bless him. So how great would it be when he gets back in two weeks when he opens up his email and it's just his email is slammed with encouragement? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be great for your pastor to come back to? And so uh, so I'm gonna give you all that homework. Does that sound good? Can you guys do that over this next week? All right. Hey, if you have your Bible or your smartphone or whatever you're using, you can open up to the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter six is where we're going to be. And I'd like to read one scripture here at the beginning for us. This is a story where Daniel gets thrown into a den of lions. Daniel gets a death sentence from the king. And he's thrown into a den of lions. But God rescues Daniel out of the lion's den. Daniel does not get harmed. Daniel does not get killed like everyone else that gets thrown in the den does. And verse number 23 of Daniel chapter 6 tells us and gives us insight as to the reason why this is so. Here's what the scripture tells us. It says, When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted. Somebody say trust. Trust. He had trusted in his God. He had trusted in his God. The the reason no wound was found on Daniel is because Daniel had an unwavering trust in God. We, we we know from this scripture at the end of the chapter that all throughout the chapter, everything we're going to read and talk and walk through, that this was a man that trusted in his God. And I think today Daniel can give us some insight and some encouragement on what it means to trust God. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey today, I know I know if you're not currently in a day where you need to trust God more, I know you will be soon. And so I I, I hope today... God's word through the book of Daniel can encourage us to trust God a little more. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's pray and ask for God's help before we get into his word. God, we thank you so much for these moments that we share. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. Lord, I thank you that, that you know every name and every story of every person in this room. God, and I thank you. You don't just know, but you care. Lord, you care for us this morning. And Lord, I pray... Over these next few moments, as we look at your word, that you would do what I am incapable of doing. And that is changing our hearts and our lives. God, may we not just hear somebody talk this morning, but may we hear from heaven. May you speak to us. May our hearts be open. May our minds be open and ears be open to what you have for us this morning. Speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Hey, can you give it up for this awesome worship team right here this morning? Love I love the book of Daniel in the scriptures. The book of Daniel is a story about some, some, some guys that are brought out of Jerusalem and they're, they're taken into captivity into a foreign land, a land that is not their own, culture that is not their own, ways and customs that is not their own. These guys love God, but they're brought into a foreign land that doesn't love God and does not worship God. And Daniel, Daniel is one of those guys. Daniel is brought into the empire, to the kingdom of Babylon. And there he is forced to work in the government. The Bible tells us that Daniel had exceptional qualities and exceptional giftings about him. Don't you love that God gives good gifts to his children? That that God gifts each and every one of us in different ways. Come on, somebody. There's a reason I wasn't brought here to lead worship. (laughs) That ain't my gift. Come on, can I get a witness? (laughs) I started singing, y'all leaving. <laughs> God, God gives us gifts. But how many know our gifts aren't used for our, our own gain or our own glory, but God gives us gifts that we might use them for others and for God's glory. And, and Daniel's a gifted guy. The Bible tells us he's got exceptional qualities. He's very sharp. He's very gifted. And he's working in this foreign land in the government of Babylon. The Bible tells us he was so gifted, God was using him in such a way that the king over Babylon, King Darius, he planned to put Daniel over the whole kingdom. Come on somebody, it's promotion day. He's, he's in a foreign land, but he's getting promoted over the whole kingdom. It's a good day. It's a good day. He's, he's loving God. He's, he's serving God. He's doing everything he can to worship God. And God is blessing. He's moving up the ladder. He's going to be put over the entire kingdom. How many know when God is doing a work in your life and when you're serving God and maybe when God is blessing in great ways? How many know not everyone will be your number one fan? Not, not everyone will be in your corner. Not everyone will be your biggest cheerleader. You'll, you'll face opposition. This was true of Daniel as Daniel is getting ready to be promoted over the kingdom. The other guys that Daniel worked with did not want Daniel to be put in this position. And so they began to come together and to put together a game plan as to how they would take out Daniel. They began to dig through Daniel's life and and look for maybe a corner Daniel cut. Or maybe a small lie that Daniel told because it was better for business. Or maybe there was something that Daniel did that they could find and accuse him of. To take him down. I love that the scripture in Daniel chapter 6. It tells us they began to look through Daniel's life. And they could find no corruption in him. He he, he was a guy of integrity. He, He didn't just claim to worship God with his mouth. But his life showed that he loved God. These guys couldn't find corruption in him. But the one thing they did notice was this. They noticed Daniel was devoted to the law of his God. They said, hey, if, if we're going to take out Daniel, it's going to have to do with this God. Don't you love that guys who didn't know God looked at Daniel and saw he loved God? Did, did you know the people in this city and the people in your neighborhoods and, and the people that you work with, they don't have to know God to be able to look at your life and see that you love God. They, they ought to be able to look at our life and see like, hey, I, I don't know who this Jesus guy is, but they love him. They're devoted to him. He matters to them. And they looked at Daniel and they saw, man, he's devoted to the law of his God. So they put together a game plan and they went to the king and proposed a law. And the law was this. If anyone prays to anybody except King Darius for the next 30 days, they get tossed in the den. They knew Daniel prayed. They knew Daniel was devoted to God. And so they proposed the law that if anyone prayed to anybody but King Darius... Tossed in the den. They get a death sentence. That's it for them. So they bring it to the king. And of course, the king is a godless king. He's a selfish king. Anything about himself, sign him up. So the king loves the proposal. The king loves the idea. And he signs the law. It's signed, sealed, delivered, set in stone. Anyone that prays to anybody but the king for the next 30 days gets a death sentence. And here's what verse number 10 of Daniel chapter 6 tells us. When Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Don't you love that? Evidently, Daniel didn't care. (laughs) He learned the decree had been published. And just like he had done before, he went home, he went upstairs, he opened the windows towards Jerusalem, he got down on his knees, and he began to pray to his God. Daniel was unfazed. He did not care. Of course, what he was doing was falling right into the trap. Right? They knew he was going to do that. They wanted him to do that. They expected Daniel to pray. And so Daniel is arrested. Daniel is brought before the king. And the king was grieved. Remember, the king knew Daniel. They worked together in the government. The king was going to promote Daniel. He liked him. But because of how the law was signed, there was no exceptions. There were no loopholes. This was it. So the king was grieved, but he had to give the order to toss Daniel in the den with the lions. And the next day is where we read in verse 23 where the scripture tells us Daniel was not harmed because he trusted in his God. Because he trusted in his God. So we know through this whole Chapter through this whole story that Daniel trusted. Everything he faced, he trusts God. Everything he went up against, he trusts God. And I think there's some principles and some truths from this story that can help us trust God a little more. Do I have anyone in here this morning that wants to trust God more tomorrow than we do today? Come on. We want to trust God a little more. I think the first thing we see that encourages us or helps us know what it is to trust God or what it looks like to trust God. Is this verse number 10. It's the scripture that we just read. It tells us, When Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home and prayed. Okay? When Daniel learned the decree had been published, then he prayed. All right, so, so translation, real quick. When Daniel learned, if you pray, you are going to die. Then he prayed. When Daniel learned, if you pray... That promotion ain't going to happen. Then Daniel prayed. When Daniel learned, if you pray right now, life is going to change very quickly for the worse, then Daniel prayed. See, Daniel, when he learned the decree had been published, the scripture tells us he hears about the law. When Daniel heard about the law, Daniel had a decision to make. Will I obey God or not? Will will I obey God or not? And let me tell you, the, the, the decision to not obey God was a lot easier and a lot safer and a lot better for his career plan. Like everything that God was doing in Daniel's life up to this point was promoting him and moving him up. And then all of a sudden, he's got a decision to make. And the decision to obey God here is the inconvenient one and the one that doesn't make sense. The one that his friends probably wouldn't recommend. And I love that Daniel, with the decision to make, he says, I- I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what I know God has called me to do. Daniel's showing us... An important principle as to what it means to trust God. How it looks to trust God. And here it is. When you trust God, you obey God. He shows us that when you trust God, you obey God, even when it makes a lot more sense not to. When you trust Him, you obey Him against all odds. When you trust Him, you obey Him even when it's inconvenient, even when it's uncomfortable. He shows us that trusting God looks like obeying God. You can say it like this. Trusting God doesn't always look like words you say, but situations where you obey. How do you know if you're trusting God in areas of your life? Ask yourself, am I obeying God and His Word here? Daniel shows us trusting God practically looks like obeying him i'm gonna obey him even when i have more questions and answers i'm gonna obey him even when this doesn't make sense i'm gonna obey god because i trust in him but how many know when you take a step of faith when, when when you're trusting god when you don't understand and when you're trusting god when it doesn't make sense you're doing it believing god is with you come on you're doing it believing that god is greater than whatever you're up against You're saying, God, I don't understand it. I don't know how you're going to use this, but I know this is what you're asking me to do, and I'm going to obey you because you're the God of miracles and you can do anything. We take steps of faith not believing for the worst. We take steps of faith believing God is with us and believing the best. (laughs) But how many of you are like me and you like to tell God how to come through for you? (laughs) God, I don't understand this. And God, I, I'm, I'm going to trust you, but here's how I need you to come through. <laughs> come on, I'm like a, I'm like a planner. I'm kind of OCD a little bit. I like to have everything said and in order and together. And so, and so it's, it's naturally, it's hard for me to take steps of faith when I don't understand or when I don't have all the answers and, and when I don't know what God is doing. And so for me, I take a step of faith, but I'm like, God, by Tuesday at lunch, I need an answer. Hold is anybody unspiritual like me, you like to tell God how to come through for you? (laughs) A lot of times we like to tell God how to come through for us. But I've learned, and I'm sure you have too maybe, God's ways are not often our ways. (laughs) And if we can just stop there for a moment and thank God that His ways are not like our ways. I don't need a God who has my ways. I don't need a God who thinks like Nate. I need a God who's greater than me. But nevertheless, we, we trust God in faith, but a lot of times the way God comes through isn't the way we think He's going to come through. If I'm Daniel, in Daniel chapter 6, right, we have a decision to make. Do I pray and face death, or do I not pray, and everything will be fine? Like the decision to make here, he we know obedience would be praying, and so if I'm Daniel, I'm probably thinking, all right, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust God. God is with me. God, is, God has already done great things here in Babylon. God is using me. So I believe if I pray, God will rescue me. Right? God will rescue me. And my first thought is probably like, you know what? God can rescue me right here in my home. Like when I get down on my knees and pray in my home, God can do a miracle. God can blind the eyes of everyone around me, and I won't get caught. God will do a miracle. I'll obey, and I'll trust Him, and He'll do a miracle, and He'll rescue me right here in the home. You know the story. He gets down on his knees and prays, and boom, they come in, and he's arrested. If I'm Daniel right now, I'm probably thinking like, all right, God. (laughs) Come on, I'm trusting you, right? (laughs) Right? So now Daniel has been arrested and now he's on the way to the palace to appear before the king. And on my way to the palace, I have to be thinking this if I'm Daniel. Alright, God didn't rescue me in the home. That's okay. God will rescue me in the palace. Because God has given me favor with King Darius. God has given me... Unbelievable favor. God has given me favor so that he wants to put me over the whole kingdom and me and the king have a friendship and, and, and he's, God has given me favor in this palace. He's given me favor in this kingdom and in the palace, God will give me grace and do a miracle and the king will not sentence me to the lion's den. God will do a miracle in the palace. Daniel gets to the palace and appears before the king and as much as the king wants to let him go, can't happen. So the king gives the order to throw Daniel into the den. And now if I'm Daniel, God did not rescue me in my home. God did not rescue me in the palace. And as we're on the way to the den, like you have to think, as Daniel's about to get thrown into the lion's den, he can hear the lions. Like, I just, just think about this practically. He can hear them. He can smell them. And as he's getting ready to be tossed in, this has got to be the moment where he's like, this is it, right? Like, man, I was faithful. I obeyed, God used me for this time that I was here in Babylon, and and this is it. Like, it's the end of his rope, it's where hope is gone, it's kind of the end of the the story for Daniel. This is what he's got to be thinking, God did not come through for me here, and, and now that's it. But isn't it funny that it's in the den where God rescues Daniel? It's not in the convenience of his home. It's not in the luxury of the palace. But it's in the den of lions where God chooses to rescue Daniel. And here's here's what this shows us. And here's what I think I've learned about God. Is that sometimes God loves me and he loves you enough to not rescue us in our home or in the palace. But to get us to the den. And at the end of our rope and when there is no more hope left. God loves us enough to get us to the den to show us we can trust him there too. You trust God there too. Look, I would love it. Come on, somebody. I would love it if God would always rescue us in the home. <laughs> Life will be easier. Smiles will be easy. And it, this faith journey will be a lot more convenient, right? But God loves us enough, and in His grace and His mercy, sometimes He gets us to the den. So He can show us the ever-important lesson that you, you can trust God there too. God is the God of the lion's den. God is the God of every season. It, it shows us that trusting God includes trusting God's timing for our life. A few years ago, uh, I was at the gym. And uh, that was the last time I was there. <laughs> A few years ago. <laughs> I'll go in January, right? And uh, and this guy walked in the gym. And when I say this guy, I mean this guy like he's one of those guys his muscles have muscles have muscles that have muscles you know like you just look at the guy you're like do you live here <laughs> just walks in all swollen stuff and he goes over to the inclined bench press right the inclined bench that lays down like this and you got the bar over your head where you lift the bar and you bring it down to your chest up like that so he's throwing a bunch of weight on for his warm up set he has got more weight than my max on his warm up set And he's just crushing it, just sits down that first set and just throwing the weight through the ceiling. Like, boom! You know, it's like he's got feathers on the end of the thing. Just just doing it, and he racks it up, and he gets down, and he throws more weight on the bar, and goes again and again. And I'm not exaggerating, I'm not lying to you, he has now used all of the weights at his weight station. So he goes to the next person's weight station and begins to grab their weights and bring them over. He's done like three sets, four sets, five sets. Every set that he does, I think, surely he's got to be done. But he gets up, he gets more weights, and he keeps adding it. At this point, I'm not exaggerating, the bar has a slight bend. You guys ever seen that? A little arch to it? He just keeps going. Surely he's got to be done. No, nope, one more set. And this entire time, I'm not working out at all. I'm just watching him. <laughs> you know, you ever, you've just done that? You're like, does this make me stronger? You know? <laughs> Just amazed at this guy. Every set, I'm like, he's got to be done. He does another one. He's got to be done. He does another one. So one set he gets down, pulls the bar off, brings it down to his chest, and starts to pull it back up. And then, right about midway up, he just stops. <laughs> yeah. If, if you know anything about weightlifting at all, when when momentum has stopped, game over. You are done. <laughs> There, there is no such thing as a come on, woo! You got it, like you're, you're done, you're done. So this guy knows that. There he is. He's got the weight, like right here, starting to go down slowly. Like arms shaking, veins popping, eyes are looking around. And the whole time I'm looking at him, I'm like, bro, I can't help you. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do, bro. <laughs> like, look at my buddies. like, do we just pray? Like, Lord, lift it. You know, like... But what he didn't notice right before that last set, people were watching him at this point. He was kind of like a little show and a trainer from across the gym had like seen him and he had came around the gym and right as he was lifting that last set, the trainer just walked up on the spotting rack And so as soon as the bar stopped and it started to go back down, the trainer just reached down and just grabbed the bar and just put it back on the rack. The whole time I'm sitting there in Daniel chapter 6 and I'm sitting there looking and I'm like, you know, I, I think that this is a picture of our God a lot of times, isn't it? like we're at the end of our rope and the weight of life is too much. We've got no options. God help seems absent. Help seems far. We the, we're we're out. We're in the lion's den. This is it. We're done. And it's in those moments where we think God is the most absent and the most far away where he's actually right there. And he's very willing and he's very able. And in God's timing, he'll reach down and do what only he can do. God's the God of the lion's den. Trusting God includes trusting His timing. And some of you, right now, you're in a lion's den season. You're in a lion's den season. And I came here to encourage you this weekend that you can trust the God of the lion's den. Look, I can't tell you how long you're going to be in there. And I don't know when you're going to get out. But I do know God is there with you in it. And I do know that it was the lion's den it was Daniel in the lion's den that positioned him to, for the miracle. It, it was the lion's den where he experienced the faithfulness of God like he would never experience in the palace. And he would never experience in the home. God had to get Daniel to a place of inconvenience. And in, in a place that was uncomfortable to show him something he would have never seen anywhere else. And I want to encourage some of you. You're not in the season you thought you'd be in. The timing of God seems crazy in your life right now. You feel like your wheels are spinning in the mud. And I want to encourage you, you can trust God's timing. You can trust His timing. He is faithful in the lion's den. He's the God of the lion's den. And He loves you enough to get you there, to show you something that you would never see anywhere else. God's the God of the lion's den. Trusting God includes trusting God's timing. Did you know God is always on time? God is rarely, almost never early. But He's also never late. He's always on time. God's timing is always perfect. God is always on time. Even 2,000 years ago, Jesus was on time. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 5. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was right on time. When we were at our worst, God gave us his best. When we were far from him, he drew near to us. While we were powerless, while we were dead in our sin, Jesus died for us. 2,000 years ago, he was right on time, and today in 2018, God is on time. And I want to encourage you, you can trust God. You can trust his timing even in the den, even in the lion's den. You know, if I had to give you one truth or one nugget to hold on to today, look, as, as you leave church today, you, you go back to your lives. You go back to your homes and, and, and family and, and work and community. As, as you go back, we're faced with decisions like Daniel, do we obey or not? We're faced with lion's den days where where we don't know where God is and what God is doing. And I'd like to give you something for those moments to know, here's how I know I can trust God here. And it's three simple words. If you don't hear anything else this morning, here's what I want you to walk away with. How do you know you can trust God? It's because this, God is faithful. God is faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13, one of my favorite text in all of the Bible, it says this, if we are faithless, okay, faithless, if you got nothing, no faith, zero, God is still faithful. For he cannot disown himself. Scripture is telling us, even if we're faithless, God will still be faithful because it's who he is. So, so that, that, that's saying this. God's faithfulness is not dependent on your performance. Uh, God is not waiting for you to hit the bar or perform well enough to be faithful. God's faithfulness has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Him. Even if we're faithless, He will still be faithful. And look, this is encouraging because be, if we know this is who God is, then that is who God must be to you. That's who God must be to your kids. That's who God must be to this church and to this city. Because it's who He is, that's who God must be. For faithless, He remains faithful. And look, all throughout the Scriptures, we could be here all afternoon reading about the faithfulness of God. I'll just throw a few at you this morning. Exodus 34.6 says, The Lord He's a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, Know that the Lord your God is God. He's the faithful God. Deuteronomy 32 4 says, God's works are perfect and He is a God of faithfulness. Psalm 36 5 says, Your love reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Look, we could be here all day. The scriptures declare, God is faithful. Great is His faithfulness. He is a God of faithfulness. Great is His faithfulness. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Look, if the scriptures said it once, it'd be enough. But all throughout the Bible, he is a God of faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. His faithfulness reaches to the skies. He's a faithful God. How do you know you can trust him? Because God has always been and will always be faithful. And has nothing to do with you and nothing to do with me, but everything to do with who God is. He's a faithful God. And because he's faithful, he cannot be anything but faithful to me and to you. He's a faithful God. And look, maybe as I'm sharing this this morning, you're you're thinking to yourself and you're asking yourself this question. Oh, okay, Nate, if God is faithful, then why is fill in the blank still happening, right? If, if God is faithful, what, why do my kids keep getting farther away from the Lord? If God is faithful, why does the doctor report get worse and not... Better if, if God is faithful, well, why do the relationships uh, g- grow in tension instead of be reconciled? If God is faithful, well, why, why can't I never get the job that's going to provide what my family needs? If God is faithful, fill in the blank, right? If, if we're not careful, we can allow our situation, what's right in front of us and what's around us, our situation a lot of times can talk us out of the fact that God is faithful, can't it? say, man, if God is faithful, then why is all this stuff right in front of me? But here's here's what I encourage you with this morning. The greatest example of God's faithfulness is not the lion's den and the book of Daniel, although that's great and it's very true. The greatest example of the faithfulness of God is the cross of Jesus. It's the cross of Jesus. See, the cross of Jesus is a picture of 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, God will be faithful. Look, did you know that me and you, we were faithless? We were faithless. All of us, multiple times in our lives, have had the decision to do things our way or God's way. And we've all chosen ours. we have had the decision to do things the right way or the wrong way. To say things the right way or the wrong way. To think things the right way or the wrong way. And we've all chosen the wrong way. A lot. The Bible just calls it sin. We were faithless. We were dead in our sins. Left to our own. We cannot save ourselves. But aren't you thankful this morning that even though we were faithless, Jesus was faithful to the cross for us. The people that cursed Jesus and spit on Jesus and put whips in the back of Jesus and nailed His hands and feet to the cross, they were so faithless, yet Jesus faithfully died and bled for them look if you're convincing yourself because of your situation today that god is not faithful let me let me just for a moment this morning remove your eyes from your situation and plead with you to look back to the cross look jesus has taken care of our greatest need our sin need while we were sinners, while we were faithless, he was faithful to the cross. May we never forget to look back to the cross. If we're ever talking ourselves out of the fact that God is faithful, may we always look back to the cross to remind us God was faithful to take care of our greatest need. God was faithful to the cross for us while we were his enemies, while we were his sinners. And God was faithful then. You better believe he'll be faithful today in your life. Let the past faithfulness of God be fuel for your faith today to say he'll be faithful today. He he was faithful then. He was faithful to Daniel. He was faithful on the cross. God will be faithful to me today. We serve a faithful, a faithful God. Look, here's the thing. If, If you decide not to trust God, he's still faithful, right? His faithfulness has nothing to do with me. He has nothing to do with you. If we don't trust him, he's still faithful. But here's the cool part. If we do trust him, just like Daniel, if me and you decide, hey, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to lean into God. I'm going to anchor myself in his word and in in his ways and who he is. If we do decide to trust God, God will then display his power in our lives. If you don't trust him, he's still faithful. That's settled. But if you do, he'll display his power in your life. Your life will become a billboard for the faithfulness of God. You you will be a display for God's power. And I'll show you exactly what I mean. And I'm going to ask the worship team. They can come back up as I read this last scripture. After Daniel is brought out of the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6, King Darius makes a declaration to all of his kingdom. Everyone under his power hears this declaration. And here's what the Bible says says in Daniel 6, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples in every language in all the earth. And here's what he said. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. Hear this. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and He saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. And He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. King Darius declares to everyone in His kingdom, Daniel's God, He's the living God. His kingdom endures forever. He performs signs and wonders. He rescues He saves. And if you read those scriptures, it blows my mind because literally 20 verses before that, King Darius is in the palace signing into law, I'm God. Pray to me. I'm the great one. I'm the powerful one. And if you don't think so, we're going to kill you. 20 verses later, Daniel's God is the living God. His kingdom is the one that endures. If you, if you just look at the 20 verses, you're like, what happened? What happened to King Darius? And here, here's here's what didn't happen. <coughs> King Darius did not go to a great church service. King Darius did not hear a great sermon. King Darius did not attend a very helpful Bible study. King Darius saw the power of God displayed in the life of Daniel, who trusted Him. He Saw the power of God displayed in the life of someone who trusted Him. There was an old show; it's no longer airing, but you may have heard of it, called Extreme Makeover: Home Edition. Heard the show? If you didn't see it, just how the show works is they find a family in a community that's serving people and doing a great work but because of their home the work they're able to do is limited and so the show comes in and they send the family off to Disney World for a week or two and while they're gone they wreck their old home destroy it and they build them a beautiful customly designed mansion just for that family and to help them serve the needs of the community and the people around them it's amazing So they build up this mansion, it's this big deal, and they're bringing the family back home to see their new mansion for the first time. And they bring the family in, they're riding in limousines. They got the windows blacked out so they can't see, and they're riding down the street, and there's thousands of people lining the streets, everyone's in the neighborhood, everyone's there to to see, and there's news news channels and TV cameras everywhere. It's this big event, and they, they drop off the family in the middle of the road, right in front of their new mansion. But there's something between them and the house, right? What's that? The bus. There's a giant tour bus right in their way. They can't see their house yet. So they're just standing there waiting, waiting, waiting. All of a sudden, a cheer begins to erupt. Move that bus. Move that bus. Move that bus. Thousands of people all through the neighborhood are chanting, move that bus. The bus, the engine starts up and the bus slowly pulls out, and then all of a sudden, commercial break. Every time. When the show comes back from commercial though, I find it interesting, the, the cameras show you the reaction of the family. And the reactions are crazy, aren't they? Like you got the dad, he's like trying to be tough and rough and not cry, but you can tell he wants to then you got the mom she's got a waterfall of makeup coming down her face the kids though the kids reactions are the best the kids are going ballistic the kids are going crazy the kids are screaming that is my house that's my house that's my house they're like crowd surfing down the street like you can come over and you can come over you can come over that's my house that's my house they're screaming and all of us we're all sitting at home watching this and we're like show me the house Show me the house. Because of what we saw in them, we wanted to see what they're looking at. Because of what we see in them, we we, we want to know what, what what are you looking at? And look, here's what the faithfulness of God will do. When you decide, I'm going to trust God against all odds. I'm going to trust Him in the lion's den. I'm going to trust Him when I don't get it. There is a watching world. There is people in Hedgesville. There is people in your community and in your city that that are looking at your life. And when they see that you trust in a faithful God, they'll look at you and say, I want to see what you're looking at. I want to see this God that you serve. I want to see this God that's doing a work. In your life and what a beautiful opportunity we then have as the church to show people a faithful God come on do you believe that this morning be able to display the God that was faithful to me be faithful to you amen, amen. just stand to your feet all over the room with me this morning I'm gonna ask just for a moment of focus and concentration if we could bow our head and close our eyes I want to pray for us before we dismiss. I wonder if there's some people in here, maybe in a similar situation as Daniel, maybe you've got a decision before you to make. And the one that you know God is asking you to decide is difficult and inconvenient. You've got more questions than answers. Maybe today you're in the lion's den you're exhausted and defeated and maybe honestly you've given up because it's not you're not in the season you thought you'd be in and I'd like to pray a prayer of faith over you that God would help you trust him today if that's you, you say Nate pray that God would help me to trust him more I'm in the middle of a season like that would you just slip your hand up so I can see and know who I'm praying for thank you thank you father I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning God, I pray a prayer of faith over them, God. Our our desire, our hunger is that we would trust you more, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you proved yourself faithful on the cross 2,000 years ago. While we were far from you, while we were your enemies, you were faithful to us. And so, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. Lord, I pray that you would fixed their eyes on the cross, God, that you would remind their mind and their spirit that you were faithful to the cross for them. And God, would that truth fuel their faith for today in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would give those who have decisions before them, Lord, I pray that you would give them faith to obey. Lord, for those that are in the lion's den, God, I pray that you would give them faith to trust you. God, give them hope in the lion's den. God, grow their faith today. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for this church. God, that you would use this church as a billboard for your faithfulness. God, that you would use this church to display to this city that you're a faithful God, that you're a good God. Lord, that they would see your goodness through these people and through your church. God, we pray and believe it in Jesus' name. And if you believe, would you say amen? Come on, put your hands together and thank Jesus this morning. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Listen, God has always been faithful. He is today and he always will be. Whatever you face, you can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. Amen? Amen. Hey, listen, you guys have an amazing, amazing Sunday. God bless you.